Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. We hope you're wonderful and that you and your family, your friends, whoever you spent it with, had a very wonderful, happy, and safe Thanksgiving Day. It is Thanksgiving Day, which means the Dallas Cowboys just got done playing. The Dallas Cowboys just got done sweeping. Get the brooms out, people. The Cowboys swept the New York Giants on the season. It's time for us to talk about it here on our postgame show at Blogging the Boys. A reminder before we keep going that our official postgame show is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel your eight and three Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center Training Facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein. Biltong, 32. And each meat stick has 8 grams of protein. That's one gram for every single win the Dallas Cowboys have as of this moment. If it's good enough for the Cowboys, it has got to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon uses locally sourced all-natural black Angus beef and prides itself on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. If you go to RighteousFelon.com and use code BTB15 at checkout, you will get 15% off of your order. That is code BTB15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Righteous felon.com it is thanksgiving day so i imagine you're a little bit full but you know they're good stocking stuffers this time of year we're starting to pivot forward towards christmas a lot of people putting the decorations up maybe not a lot of decorations going up around the new york giants facility a little bit of a bah humbug sort of feel having lost last sunday to the new york football giants or excuse me to the detroit lions they are the new york football giants and having lost today to our dallas Cowboys going to get things started with a super chat. Thank you so much. Paul says, happy birthday, RJ Jr. Paul, a man after my own heart. Uh, my son did turn one year old today, people. I am. I'm just a, the happiest guy in the world. Um, I have the best wife and the best son, the best dog, the best family. I'm I'm so, so, so blessed and so thankful. Uh, it's been a wonderful day. So thank you very much, Paul. Paul adds, the tight ends made sure that the Cowboys could present you with a win to sweep the Giants. Go Dallas. You know, I'm a Houston Astros fan myself as well. I know that bothers a lot of people. Uh, the Houston Astros swept the New York Giants in the American League Championship Series. And now the Dallas Cowboys have swept the New York Giants on the season. Dak Prescott has not lost to the New York Giants since 2016. Yes, his rookie season. He did miss one game. Uh, the Giants did win that at the tail end of 2020. Brian says, I just placed another order today with their Black Friday discount code for 20% off. Sorry, BTB15. Thank you uh, very much. Uh, let's see here. Kevin says, at RJ, Cowboys played like a baby at its first birthday party. Sloppy, happy birth to baby RJ. Thank you very much, um, Kevin. Look, the first half was a struggle. We have a lot to get to. We have a stock report 
Um, and uh, I'm going to do all stock up again. The vibes are good. But the first half is something that we have to talk about. Uh, Tiburon Designs 209 says Victory Polo Monday on a Friday. Huge shout out to Tiburon Designs because it is still Victory Polo Monday, although it will be tomorrow on a Friday. Of course, Juan Duran says, I remember you doing this show last year outside of the hospital while your baby was being born. If it had been while the baby was being born, I don't know that I would have the wonderful wife to compliment that I did a moment ago. It was the day after he had been born, just to be clear. Uh, you know, <laughs> for everyone, I did do it in the car uh, right after the Cowboys lost uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's what I think we should start with is this game. I understand it started very in a, in a very frustrating way. We were all kind of wondering if, if the Cowboys were going to do the same old Thanksgiving thing. David Holden adds, we were sleepwalking in the first half. And it was definitely, you know, annoying. I think that's probably the best word. It, frustrating is one thing, but it was annoying because we know that this team is very good. We know that this team dismantled the Minnesota Vikings, who are getting ready to kick off right now behind you on my TV screen here in the office. And we're all, if it's not obvious, rooting against the Minnesota Vikings. We want to see the Vikings drop at least another game. All Vikings losses are good for the Cowboys because not to get cocky, um, as uh, I just saw one of you say we shouldn't get, but we're after that one seed, people. We're coming for that NFC East. We're coming for that one seed, so we want to see the Vikings lose. Um, and so seeing the Cowboys win that way just a few days ago and then seeing them sleepwalk you know, in that first half was really annoying because we know this team is better. But the second half, just an incredible performance. I think the most incredible performance in the second half, and this is for all the haters and the losers, not to get cocky, was Dak Prescott. Dak was divine in the second half. Dak Prescott put the Cowboys on his back. A lot of people called it hero ball. Dak Prescott went off and and it felt like kind of kind of willed, you know, this team to victory in that third quarter specifically. That first drive in the third quarter felt like it took 3 hours. I mean, it was so frustrating and, and kind of tooth pulling, but the Cowboys did manage to get on the board and manage to take the lead by a point, a lead that they would never surrender. Uh Paul says it's a division game and we were sluggish to start, but then the second half started agreed. Um Wayne Kelly says OBJ in the house on Monday. So the report as of uh, before today's game by Fox Sports is Jay Glazer was that Odell Beckham Jr. is scheduled to visit with the Cowboys on Monday, December 5th. So we'll see if anything happens between now and then. Uh, that is one day after the next Cowboys game. We will get, if you're somebody who likes the Red Zone channel, you want to watch a lot of other football, you get two Sundays worth of that. Obviously this week with the Cowboys now done. And then next Sunday, Dallas plays the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday night football so you get a chance to watch everything all day long um kevin says dak has to stop spotting teams with points with turnovers happening too often um you know i look it was not a great first half i don't know anyone that's going to sit here and defend dak prescott in the first half it was a struggle um you know again a sleepwalking performance by himself included but but he did wake up and i think they deserve a lot of credit for that and they you know, I tweeted actually at halftime. I said the Cowboys have two choices right now. They can either pull themselves out of this or they can be that team. They can be that team that we talked about when I did that postgame show outside of the hospital a year ago, right? A year ago, as we were talking about the loss of the Raiders that happened in overtime, the way we we convinced ourselves, those Cowboys were 7-4, and four, by the way. We have now gotten to a place where this year's Cowboys team is past last year's from a winning record standpoint. Uh, so eight and three today versus seven and four a year ago. And we were sitting here saying, well, you know what? They're still going to win the division. They're still very good. You know, it's 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 a, it's just a, a rough loss against the Raiders, blah, blah, blah. They didn't do that this year. They found a way. 
they they dug deep into the barrel and pulled something out of themselves that they had to have. Sure, you can talk about how the Thanksgiving day is difficult. It's a quick turnaround. Weird things happen on Thursdays, blah, 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 blah. But those things were just as true for the New York Giants, those same Giants who were down so many different players. And I think we have to give the Giants some credit, even though Dak Prescott does legally own them, uh, for playing very tough. They are a very good football team, but they're starting to kind of take on some water. So we'll see what their season looks like down the stretch. Um, Paul says it is a tale of two halves. Very much agreed. Joey says Zeke looked great today. Zeke Elliott definitely had an impressive game. 16 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown. And here's the thing. You know, we sit here and we play the like yards per carry game. And so many people like to stir the pot when it comes to Zeke and Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard led the team in carries today for the Dallas Cowboys. 18 carries and only 60 yards to Zeke Elliott. 60, I'm sorry, 18 carries for 60 yards. 16 carries for Zeke Elliott, so two fewer for 92 yards. Tony Pollard averaged 3.3 yards per carry. Meanwhile, Zeke Elliott, 5.8 yards per carry. Again, the argument has always been that both of them have their place in this offense. Both of them can help you. Both of them can serve different functions, and we're seeing that play itself out. Um, so, um, yeah, good uh, good for Zeke. Definitely somebody that we'll get to when we get to the stock report. Watson Mata says, I know we'll have our winners and losers, but I have to object to the TV network giving Dak the player of the game two picks. We will have our Righteous Fell and Craft Jerky player of the game, Watson Mata. So if you have somebody else that you would like to nominate for it, you are certainly welcome to do so. I don't think it's ridiculous. I'm with you that it's hard to give it to Dak, but he did really kind of pull them out of, you know, a hole. They were in a deep hole. I mean, you call it deep. They were down 13 to seven, but um, it's, um, you know, it, it, it was impressive. I, I do think it's worthy of, uh, of something impressive in that sense. Tiburon Design says the tight ends playing whack-a-mole in the kettle was epic. You know, I think we all felt like when Zeke Elliott scored and he didn't do anything with the kettle, I, it was kind of like anticlimactic. I was kind of like, whoa, what? It's Thanksgiving, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was like, you know, like we sat down for the meal. I, did I even say, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I don't know if I said it. I'm trying to rip through all these things. I hope your meal was great. I don't know if you've had all of the meal yet, or maybe you wait. Maybe you do like some people do a more like dinner time thing, uh, whatever desserts or drinks or whatever you had. I just hope it's been a wonderful day for you and your friends and your family. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of a letdown when Zeke didn't do anything. So for Peyton Hendershot to head straight there, I think we all thought the moment he, he booked it for the kettle that we were in for something special. But for all of them to get in, I, I do love how the kettle celebrations have evolved over the years. So um, that is really cool. Um, that's um, That was a lot of fun. Uh, Mark says, a win is a win. I'm happy. I don't think this is a... Um a win is a win in the way that some wins are. I know that's a confusing statement. Um, a lot, you know, as an example, this isn't to take shots, but a lot of Eagles fans over the last few days saying, hey, win is a win. We beat the Colts, right? A win is a win. This is a little bit more high quality. I mean, this, you know, the Cowboys did kind of take this game. They didn't just eke this out. They didn't get by by, you know, the, the hair on their chinny-chin-chin or whatever that expression is. I mean, they, in the second half, dominated this team. The Giants did score at the very end, but for the most part, they pitched a shutout in the second half. For the most part, they dominated them. For the most part, they took this and said, look, we want this division win. We want to sweep you on the season. We want to take sole possession of second place for now in the NFC East, and we want to be in the prime position to succeed. And I don't think we are talking enough about how important that is. The Cowboys are now 3-1 and one in the division. And all we need, people, is one Eagles loss. And the Dallas Cowboys control their own destiny with regards to the NFC East title, because the Eagles lost to the Washington Commanders specifically. If the Cowboys were to beat them on Christmas Eve, that gives Philadelphia two 
division losses. And that night, assuming Dallas wins, Dallas would only have one with four victories in hand. And obviously the game in Washington remaining in week 18, as logical fans says, so Sunday, we're all Green Bay fans. We need the Eagles to go down. Absolutely. But like I said, we're getting ready to watch kickoff between the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings. If we want that one seed, because the Cowboys beat the Vikings, they now have the head-to-head tiebreaker with Minnesota. But Minnesota is 8-2. and two. We need that head-to-head to be a factor. So we need Minnesota to lose some game at some point down the stretch. Nicholas says Dak showed a lot getting hit and making big-time third-down throws in that second half. Tyler Smith was humbled a bit. Very frustrating day. Um, like I said, we're only sticking to stock ups um, in the name of Thanksgiving and good times and good vibes, you know. Uh, but, man, it was a rough game, not only for Tyler Smith, but from a penalty standpoint. I mean, what are you doing? And I'm willing to not excuse, um, but I'm willing to understand um, that, that some of this has to do with it's Thursday. It's a quick turnaround, blah, blah, blah. Again, those things are fair to talk about, but they're not excuses. They're not something that allows you to feel comfortable with it. These were a lot of pre-snap boneheaded penalties from the Cowboys. And to their credit, they overcame that. They won. But those are things that have to be cleaned up. And again, thankfully, the Cowboys now have this mini buy to get right clean this stuff up, and we'll see. The next time the Cowboys play, which again will be Sunday, December 4th, is Odell Beckham Jr. part of their team? I know he's scheduled to visit the next day. Is Tyron Smith back? Is Tyron Smith practicing? Like, this is an 8-3 and three team that is going to get better, theoretically, at least along the offensive line, and maybe a wide receiver as well. I would be remiss if I did not give a shout-out to our friends at SB Nation, Niners Nation, in case anybody is unaware, Niners Nation is our official San Francisco 49ers site. Uh, I always love to check out opposing team sites, kind of see um, what they're talking about. But Niners Nation, I do think this is Rob Stats Guerrera, who I host a show with uh, on the SB Nation NFL show, chiming in and saying, there's another team you all should be worried about in the NFC. Hell yeah, Stats. I am terrified of the 49ers. I hope you and your family had a happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Anyway, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, some, you guys liked one of Watsamata's uh, comments. I'm trying to get back to it. Uh, where is it? Watsamata said, I remember the bad old RHG days when our opponent always had better halftime adjustments. Um, I think this is um, Jason uh, Jason Garrett mentioned. I'm not totally sure what's going on here. Um, Donnie says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Can I curse the Packers after the game, even if when the Eagles lose? Absolutely, Donnie. But uh, Sunday night, we are all rooting very hard for uh, Mike, McCar- Mike McCarthy for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Christopher Summers has way too many penalties, like always. Absolutely. Loco says stock up. CD Lamb will totally get there. Kevin says, hey, not as many penalties as last Thanksgiving. That is a plus. LOL. Man, I will say um, Anthony Brown getting burned on the big time touchdown was a little bit you know, traumatic. It was a little bit of poking us, right? Like picking at an old wound, Anthony Brown getting burned on, on Thanksgiving day. Um, just, just not what you want to see. Um, so, um, that was, uh, was not great. Um, let's see Jerry Jones. Uh, I'm looking at a tweet from Shereen Williams of pro football talk, friend of the show. She just tweeted out right now, Jerry Jones, if anyone's unaware, meets with the media before the players do after the games, right outside the locker room. So Jerry just said that he talked to Odell Beckham today. Jones calls him a difference maker. Uh, let's see here. Um, Bobby Belt of 105.3 The Fan um, just tweeted. Um, this, I think, is a video. I haven't watched this yet, but, oh, it is a message. So let me un- unpack this. Sorry, I'm reading this for the first time myself. Jane Slater of NFL Network tweeted out a video um, that is Zeke's message, Ezekiel Elliott's message to Odo Beckham Jr. And Bobby Belt of 105.3 The Fan quoted Jane's tweet with the quote, um, Zeke apparently says to Odell, OBJ, we want you in Dallas. 
and all of the stars shine brighter in Dallas. Um, this is starting to feel pretty inevitable. Uh, starting to feel really inevitable in my mind. Um, I don't know if anybody else agrees, but Bobby says, do we know the status of OBJ's health? That is the question, I think, of the season for the Cowboys. They're going to have to figure that out. Anthony Gonzalez, thank you for the super chat, my friend. Says, happy birthday, RJ Jr. May God continue to bless your growing family. Thank you very much, Anthony. Seriously, it means a lot um, to my wife and I um, that, that people would, would send some, some happy birthday wishes to my son. We opened um, presents. He opened presents during the game, during the second half, which made for a fun um, experience, a little bit of a stressful one. Um, lots of great toys. It was a really fun time period. Uh, we're new parents. He's one year old, obviously, but there are a lot of little boxes and little things you got to cut. It was a big old mess, but we had the trash bags ready. So thank you once again, Anthony. Uh, Anthony had stock up. D, Cowboys were able to contain the run with Micah's leadership. Stock down. Kellen Moore, keep 88 and 13 catching when 20 and 21 are solid running. Simple, right? I don't know that I would go as, again, we're not, I'm not handing out any stock downs today. Um, it's just too good of energy. I don't want to, you know, kind of ruin the mood, but I, I get it. I mean, like there were some negative things here. I'm fine um, criticizing Kellen Moore. Um, certainly a rough first half. Um, actually, we'll, we'll talk about the fourth down decision early on um, or in a moment, the, the fourth down decision from early on in a moment. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Kellen, you know, don't overthink things, dude. I mean, you know, run the ball, right? And I, I feel so dumb because I'm somebody who has always been a proponent of throwing the ball, moving through the air. Uh, Brian, by the way, says CD and Dez both caught it. Obviously, everybody thought, um, you know, the touchdown at the end uh, should have been a touchdown. So um, just a tough moment. Um, let's see here. Loco says stock up. Little one's birthday. Thankful. Thank you very much again, Loco. Um, by the way, um, we're going to get to the fourth down thing right now, but a little bit more detail on uh, Jerry Jones's line. Ed Warder of ESPN just tweeted that, that Jerry Jones said he spoke to Oda Beckham Jr. today. He would not characterize their conversation and said he was unsure whether Bel whether Beckham, excuse me, will be healthy enough to play this season until he is more informed about his recovery from ACL surgery. So the Cowboys kind of keep things close to the vest when it comes to the status of Odell's injury. Um, Paul, thank you once again for the super chats. Is my stock up tight ends, running backs, run defense, CD. Totally agreed. All of that, great, wonderful. 100% with you. Um, I want to ask all of you. Oh, by the way, John Rico says uh, stock down Jalen Smith for elbow dropping one of the boys. That was weird. Um, that was very strange. I don't know what Jalen Smith was doing. Um, I feel like we we had the, these questions a lot when he played for the Cowboys. Um, that was a weird moment for Jalen Smith. I was really surprised. I don't know if anybody else was. And I, I say this seriously, that we didn't see like a swipe. I really thought we were going to get that. Like it just kind of felt inevitable that we were going to get a Jalen Smith swipe after um, something. But uh, Jesse T says it's that jet sweep at the beginning of the fourth. that drives me crazy. Talking about Kellen Moore. To be fair, Peyton Hendershot scored on the jet sweep. So we liked that one. Uh, but OK, the fourth down decision. Who liked this um, early on? It's It's very early in the game. There's it's zero to zero. The Cowboys are on their own side of the field. It's fourth and short um, and the Cowboys go for it. They don't get it. They obviously surrender a field goal. So it's three points. And at that point in the, in the game, everything was a little bit more tight or became a little bit more tight. So this became a little bit more annoying. Um, Jesse T says, but we were inside our 20 again. The circumstances, certainly, I understand if you feel like it was not the right decision to go for, but I'm curious what everybody thinks. One point under, or one point slash JG26 underscore J-Dog, always a difficult thing for me to say, but I landed it perfectly. He says the fourth down decision early was stupid and unnecessary at that point in the game. Wayne Kelly says, didn't like it. Joey says, I like it. Stay aggressive. Donnie, uh, kind of riding the fence here, says, I liked it, but a different play call. 
Paul says, I liked the aggressiveness. Uh, National Brazilian American Football League, NBAFL. Uh, interesting. I've never you know, thought of the acronym that way. He says, no. Chris Randall says, I don't like that decision. Uh, Zach Fowler says, that wasn't it. Free points. KHY001 says, we should have ran it on third if they knew they were going for it on fourth. I totally agree with that point. Um, Logical Fan says, I like going for it, but it's basic call of just run up the mill. Agreed. Kevin offers, I don't like the fourth down call or the third down call before it. If we had run it on third, I would have been cool with it on fourth. That's fair. Uh, Brian, by the way, says, remember when Jalen did the Landry shift at the end of a year or two when he was with the Giants? That was the season finale in 2020. So that was definitely um, tough. Jay Moses says, didn't like it on our side of the field so early. So I fully recognize that um, what I'm about to say may be something that some of you don't agree with. I loved it. I I would go as far as saying I loved it. Watsamata, by the way, think of it the super chances for sticking the landing on at one point slash JG26 underscore JDoc. Thank you very much. I feel kind of guilty. Feel like we got to split this with one point slash JG26 underscore JDoc. Um, I love the decision. I love the aggression. I'm I'm a big fan of that. And I I think I don't think you do that. It's all circumstantial, right? It's all contextual. I don't think you do that if you're playing the Eagles. I don't think you do that if you're playing the Chiefs. I don't think you do that if you're playing the Bills, even though the Bills kind of struggled to win today as well. Um, I think that you do that when you know that you own a team. I think you do that when you know that you trust your defense against that specific offense. I think you know that you I think you do that when you know that your offense is going to find a way to score at some point later on in the game. I understand it did not work. I understand that it led to points for the Giants. I don't think it's fair to grade what happened based on the results. I that's you know that you don't have the benefit of hindsight. My argument isn't it's better to be down three nothing than to be tied zero zero. I would obviously rather be tied zero zero than be trailing by three points. But I like the aggression. I like living and dying by that aggression. There are times where I don't like aggression and and don't like what the Cowboys do from an aggressive standpoint. If you recall, we talked about this then the last time the Cowboys played the Giants at the end of the first half, they were very aggressive and trying to get a field goal attempt. And they did get a field goal attempt and Brett Maher missed it. Um, and he actually missed one today. Hey, Brett, that's cool, man. You know, you've, you've earned your place. We're cool with you, Brett. If you, if you want to miss one right now in an inconsequential moment, we're fine. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Brett Maher. But um, I did not like that decision. I felt like that was playing it a little too close to the vest. But I like this. I like Mike McCarthy saying, to hell with it. We're the better team. We're the better offense. We're the better defense. We know we own these guys. We're comfortable taking this chance. And if it burns us in the moment, yeah, that sucks. But we'll climb out of this. I trust us to do that. So I really am a fan of it in that sense. Again, I, I understand that the, the Giants scored, and so in that sense, it kind of blew up in their face, but they won. And so I think that if you really want to base things off of the results, they won, so their decision-making was a little bit sound, but that would be dumb to, to judge it based off the results. Brian says it shows confidence in the defense. Totally agreed. Uh, Jesse T says, I would never punt on fourth and short, but I wouldn't run Zeke into a wall when they're expecting it. That's fair. Miguel says, I would loved it too. It shows you trust your team all the way around. Exactly. Zach says, I agree on my result-oriented response, but if we trust the defense, kick it away and get a stop and get a shorter field. But, I mean, my my argument to that would be, and not to argue with you specifically, Zach, but my argument would be it's fourth and short, right? Like, you you trust your offense. Your offense just dropped 40 points last week. You, you, you seemingly believe that you can get this very short yardage and keep an opportunity to score 
alive. The, the path to keeping the ball in that moment is so much shorter if you go for it. It's pick up two yards as opposed to punt the ball away, play defense, recover the punt, et cetera, move on. You know, I I like I like that. I, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's it's 100% logic to do this. I, I recognize there are arguments on both sides of this thing, but I like the idea personally. And if you're going to – I think it's it's – People like to say things when it comes to something like analytics. You can't date analytics. You have to be married to analytics. I don't think you you can. You have to be married to aggression, but I like Mike McCarthy living on that side of the extreme. If you have to live on one side, whether it's super aggressive or super negative or, or super conservative, I should say, I would much rather be super aggressive, even in the times where it's a little bit more uncomfortable like it was in this particular instance. Um, those are just my uh, two cents. Bermie Star says, I hated the third down call that led to the fourth. That's fair. I mean, if you want to have a problem with the play call, I'm totally with that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. One point slash JG26 underscore JDoc. Once again, nailed it. Perfect. Shout out to me. Says, never spot a team points. Trust your defense to win the field position. I get that. And there, that is fair. Like I'm saying, I, I don't I don't think that this argument is like stupid or dumb or you know void of logic. But I think it's it's a larger trust in your defense to say we're we're comfortable even if we give them points like we're, we're that comfortable that we're OK. Even if we wind up giving them points, we know that the defense will take care of things. And they did. They did to their credit. So good for them. Uh, Jorge says stock up tight end room. Very well said. We'll get to stock ups in a moment. Um, let's see here. Um, Joey says love it in both games. So talking about the call at the end of the first half against the Giants in New York. LBK's finest 806. Is this Lubbock? Uh, says happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, Jerome says I hate the penalties. Have to clean that up. Agreed. Um, let's see here. Um, Zach says that's fair. RJ, no hate. Just talking about, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this show, right? That's the whole point of vlogging. The boys is for all of us, wherever we are, wherever you're located, wherever you live, whatever you like for us to sit and talk about things in a peaceful manner. Sometimes we disagree. Sometimes we get a little bit heated. Sometimes we'll debate things out, but at the end of the day, we're all rooting for the same thing. It's the team that we all know and love, and we're all rooting for each other to live and prosper as well. Uh, Adrian says, I expected a tough division game, but Dak has to keep those turnovers low or we won't win at all. That's fair. Watsamata says, I'm down on that fourth down decision. It's er, er, is down. Let's see. If it's early, we're clearly the best, the stronger team. Don't give them a shot. Okay, so down means you're against that. I didn't know if you meant like, I'm down. Like, let's go. I'm Let's party, whatever. Um, getting the first was not a big enough upside to be worth it. That's a fair point as well. Carlos says, happy Thanksgiving, RJ. Good Cowboys win. Thank you, Carlos. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Brian, thank you once again for the super chat. Not defending the penalties, but this group of refs calls the most penalties of any team against everyone not just the Cowboys. Here's the thing. I think it is, and Brian's not doing this. I think it is an ultra loser thing to complain about penalties, to be like, oh, well, we lost this game because of the penalties. I hate that. I hate when any team does that. I try to avoid that myself. I do not want to be that way. So I think it's important that we say when the Cowboys or somebody, uh, Justin Jefferson just scored a touchdown, by the way, for the Minnesota Vikings. Once again, we are rooting against the Vikings, we want to see them lose, so this is not ideal. Um, that was a very quick drive. It is six nothing, extra point pending with ten forty left in the first quarter. Um, so, but again, I think it's important to say, like, hey, the Cowboys kind of got some penalties in this game. They got some penalties went the Cowboys' way. A New York Giants touchdown was wiped off the board. Um, they had to settle for a field goal, you know. And if that doesn't happen, who knows what the game looks like? And so, there were some penalties that went the Cowboys way. I think that's important to acknowledge. Obviously a lot of them did not go their way. It was a very frustrating game in that sense. I think that was a lot of people's takeaway a year ago. Um, so um, that's tough. 
Let's see. Steven, thank you for the super chat. Says it's my eight-year-old son's first time to watch your show with me. He is a huge Cowboys fan. Shout out to Cooper. Cooper, your dad is the best. Your dad is the coolest Dallas Cowboys fan that there is. Cooper, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. This is what Thanksgiving is all about, Cooper. Watching the Dallas Cowboys, enjoying the win, celebrating with the people you love. Um, and you know what, Cooper? Whatever dessert you want, your dad promised me that you could have it tonight and you could have a double serving. So I hope you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you so much uh, for the comment. Anyway, let's uh, keep moving on here. We still have to get to um, our stock ups, by the way. Watsamata says, Cooper, can we get the chat to, to give like a – I don't know, whatever emoji you want to give to Cooper, because Cooper is today's MVP here on our postgame show. I mean, it was going to be Dak Prescott, but how could it not be Cooper? The, the Cowboys did not trade this Cooper for a fifth round pick, and we should celebrate that. Uh, Cactus G says uh, they started the game with an arrogant attitude, should have started basic and gotten the lead before opening up the offense. I don't disagree that it was arrogant. But I've said, if you have followed me for years, there's not a problem with arrogance. If you can support it, if you can back it up, be arrogant all you want. <laughs> you know, like I'm so I'm, I'm kind of coming from that perspective here. You know, you don't have to be humble, you, like walk, walk and talk like you're the better team. And I kind of liked that um, in this instance. And they did support that over the course of the second half, which, again, um, I think is worth mentioning. Uh, Paul says hashtag double dessert. For Cooper, again, Loco says, Cooper, your dad told me if the Cowboys won, he would give you $20. Vance says, Coop, Coop, Coop. Ravi says, Coop. Jay Millard says, Coop. Uh, Kevin says, Coop. Uh, Tristan underscore singer says, Cooper with a blue heart and a star emoji. Uh, Jay Moses says, Happy Thanksgiving, Cooper. And Watsamata says, Cooper is fire. Bobby Ellis offers, I think that's the handshake emoji for Cooper. Um, so once again, Cooper, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Uh, D Damon Davis says, Michael Parsons with the foul because he's been getting holds all game and the refs, the zebras don't call it SMH. That's tough. It's a tough scene. I mean, it really is. But, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and complain about officiating, but if you're going to complain about something, it's definitely Micah Parsons not getting holding calls. Paul, thank you for the super chat, um, says hashtag RJ said double dessert for Cooper. Welcome to the chat again. Shout out to you. Cooper Vance says Cooper is super nicely done. All right. Stock up. Um, I'm going to fly through these a little bit because we've kind of encapsulated a lot of them as we've moved on here in the postgame show. Stock up Dak Prescott. Holy crap. Dak was on fire in, in, in the second half. Total struggle in the first half. Totally with you. But the second half, Dak Prescott was cooking with gas. Finished 21 of 30, 261 yards. The two touchdowns, obviously. The two interceptions, obviously. Zero sacks. Back-to-back -back games. I know it's felt like the offensive line has had their struggles, and today they obviously had the penalty issues. But zero sacks against Dak Prescott. You're going to win a lot of games when you have an elite quarterback, and he does not get sacked at all. Um, what a wonderful performance by Dak, um, seriously, to kind of lift the Cowboys up. They really needed that. Um, and so he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, he really, really, really does. Uh, the Cowboys have only lost one game since Dak Prescott returned, and that game featured the Cowboys with a 14-point collapse. Like, think about that. Like, the, the Cowboys collapsed against the Green Bay Packers. It's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It's annoying. All of that is true. However, they were up by 14 points in the fourth quarter. They have lost that. That's the only time they've lost since he returned. I mean, they are an elite offense. They deserve um, They deserve a lot of props. They deserve a lot of credit. They deserve a lot of kudos. Han, I think it's Han, says, I am a boys fan living in Philadelphia. There is a street here called Eagles Avenue. It leads to a dead end that goes nowhere, as I often point out to Flegel fans. Interesting. Um, interesting. I did not know that. Look at look at all of us learning something here. A lot of you um, saying stock up to all the tight ends. You will be happy to know this is exactly how I worded it. Stock up the tight ends. 
seriously, what an amazing, you know, performance. Like, it was just a super cool, like, everybody gets some, everybody gets a helping uh, day for the tight ends. Dalton Schultz, four catches, 31 yards, two touchdowns. Jake Ferguson, three catches for 57 yards, including the hurdle. Oh, my gosh. Peyton Hendershot had the hurdle against the Giants the last time. Jake Ferguson, everybody knows, freaking frack, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what an amazing sequence. What an amazing feat of athleticism that Jake Ferguson pulled off. And, of course, Peyton Hendershot on the jet sweep, one carry for two yards. The rushing t- – who would have thought that uh, that Jason Hend- – uh, that, pa- Jason, uh, that Peyton Hendershot would have had a rushing touchdown in this game. And then, of course, he authored the phenomenal whack-a-mole, whack-a-tight-end um, you know, celebration, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I mentioned that Zeke Elliott started this whole thing. T.O. doesn't get any love for that. In 2006, it was T.O. who dropped the ball in the Salvation Army bucket, and then we went 10 years, and nobody used it as a prop. T.O. deserves a lot of credit, a little bit of a shout-out for that as well. Um, Ryan says, I loved the whack a mo uh, excuse me, agreed. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, just an awesome, awesome, awesome celebration. It was the best one that we have had um you know involving and invoking the um the salvation army bucket so good for them stock up tony pollard a little bit of a quiet day but kind of just had the tougher yards the things that were necessary like i said um 18 carries 60 yards if you wanted to take this stock up away and hand it to somebody else i wouldn't be opposed to that um only finished with one yard receiving i mean off of two catches so it was a little bit more of a quiet day for tony pollard but again um I really kind of felt like Tony Parr just kind of gutted it out. And I think he deserved a little bit of a shout out for that uh, stock up. Um, let's see here. I'm losing him. I had Zeke on the list. Uh, give me a second. Let's just turn this one into Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott was amazing um, in his particular role once again today. So stock up Zeke Elliott. We mentioned the stat early on finished 16 carries, 92 yards, had the touchdown 5.8 yards per carry. The only negative thing, that I can say about Zeke Elliott as the Patriots just scored. You guys letting me know. I don't know who was that that Jacoby Myers. No, it's not. Uh, Mac Jones threw it. I haven't seen who it is quite yet. The Patriots just holy crap. That was like uh, two minutes, like barely over two minutes. Five play. Yes, five plays, 75 yards, two minutes and 19 seconds. Nelson Aguilar, if you any of you had him on your fantasy teams tonight. What a move against this. Did the Cowboys break the Vikings? I think they might have. Vance, thank you for the super chat, says, is it weird that we're concerned about the offense when it's averaging 33.8 points per game since Dak's return? A little bit. A little bit, Vance. In fact, the Cowboys' point differential was plus 72 since Dak Prescott returned entering this game. They obviously just won the game by eight points. They have a plus 80-point differential in the five games that Dak Prescott has played. Uh, not kind of the season opener. They have a they are plus 80, 8-0. Tony Hill, they are plus 80 in point differential since Dak Prescott returned. Oh, but they beat some bad teams. Oh, the Lions, who looked pretty good on, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving against the Buffalo Bills, who had just won some games in a row. Oh, the Bears. You know, when Justin Fields came alive afterwards, the Packers, that kind of looks bad. You know, I'm not not here to you know defend that. The Minnesota Vikings, who were eight and one, who well now are letting Nelson Aguilar score score all over them. This Giants team that was seven and three. The New York Giants have four losses this season. Half of them have come against the good guys. The Dallas Cowboys. Paul, uh, I think I've lost my mouse here. Let's see. Uh, since the Lions game, um, Lions, Bears, Green Bay, Vikings at New York Giants. My computer just told me my mouse is now now reconnected. I don't know what happened. Um, wow, weird. Um, let's see here. Zach says, are the Lions a sneaky good team? I think that the Lions are finally becoming 
what a lot of people thought they were, which is this, you know, like cute, spunky team that can kind of play spoiler and, and be fun and be interesting. I think they were getting a lot of credit for that before they were this, but they are at least finally that, uh, which is entertaining to watch. They're at least they're entertaining to watch. They deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, Paul says, I think they could be good next year. We'll see. We'll see who their quarterback is. That's kind of what it obviously um, ultimately comes down to. Adrian says, I wanted the Lions to pull off the spoiler so bad. I like the Bills, um, so I really was indifferent. Uh, just wanted to see a good game, and we did. So that was a, a fun time at the very least. It was kind of a little bit of an anticlimactic end. I wanted overtime. Uh, but stock up Zeke Elliott. Stock up C.D. Lamb. Stock up C.D. Lamb. Should have had the touchdown. It's okay. He didn't. Two carries for 11 yards, if you care about that. The jet sweep again. We don't need to see C.D. Lamb on jet sweeps. I'm just I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I don't need to see C.D. Lamb involved in the jet sweep game. C.D. Lamb, you want to give C.D. Lamb the ball? Throw it to him. Throw it to him downfield because he can do a lot of damage that way. Six catches, 106 yards, no touchdowns because he should have had one. Targeted 11 times. Love to see it. Love to see it. He is your wide receiver one. Treat him that way. Remember how we used to say, like, oh, why don't the Cowboys use Amari Cooper like a wide receiver one? They're doing it. They're, they're doing it with C.D. Lamb. It's not always transpiring, but C.D. Lamb deserves a stock up in my book. Um, to Donnie's point, no kidding, use Turpin or Pollard on the jet sweeps. Exactly. Like, C.D. I don't mean this this way, but C.D. Lamb is too valuable to be used on jet sweeps. And that's not to say that Cavante Turpin or Tony Pollard are not valuable, but that's that's their territory. Send C.D. downfield, dude. Get get him in open space. We want C.D. in wide open spaces. That's what we want. Uh, logical fans, his question, what is the Cowboys' individual records in their home away and throwback jerseys? Logical fan, I love the question. I do not have the answer for you right now, but I can tell you that the Cowboys had not won a game wearing this jersey their throwback jersey they lost the last one which was thanksgiving day 2012 um to washington if you remember that was the rg3 alfred morris rookie year um they lost it in 2011 um let's see here um i don't know it's been a minute <laughs> since the cowboys had once i don't have that um Carlos says, no one is going to give the Cowboys credit for the wins, RJ. Always hating on the Cowboys. You know what? That's fine. That's fine, Carlos. This team is 8-3, and three, and I'll eat all the crow in the world. I, I thought this team would be very bad, and I didn't just think that for no reason. There were legitimate signs that this team was going to be very bad, but they deserve a lot of credit for overcoming them. I mean, and and I a part of me still doesn't think that Tyron Smith is going to play for them, but, you know, that's just like in a silly way. Tyron Smith is going to come back. He's going to come back to a team that might have nine or ten wins. That's crazy. That's stupid. That's impossible. That that felt so impossible to believe. Um, so, man alive, just what what an impressive you know level of coaching and, and, and effort that we're seeing from this team week after week after week after week. They've lost three games. Tonight, it is Thanksgiving night, people. I don't know what tradition you have. If you play board games or video games or Mario Party or whatever, uh, you go out, you're doing some Black Friday shopping, you're just sitting around, you know, enjoying the family time whatever but tonight when your head hits the pillow the dallas cowboys have three losses and it's thanksgiving day what that's impossible and that felt impossible specifically after the first loss after sunday night football in week one it was like there's no way that this team's going to be good they have lost just two games since then what an amazing turn of events we have seen all season long from this Cowboys team. They deserve a lot of credit, like I said. Brian, once again, thank you for the super chat. Uh, I don't understand how toe drag swag is a completion as long as the heel doesn't come down before the toe goes out of bounds. It doesn't make sense. I agree. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds because we have other things to talk about. But on a similar note, I don't understand how, say I'm running towards the end zone, 
and I can dive, right? I, I can dive to the end zone and, and like break the plane with the ball. And then if, if somebody like knocks it out of my hand after I've broken the plane and I fumble, it's totally fine. But if all I do is break, like if all, all I have to do is enter, you'll appreciate this, Brian, the airspace of the end zone and I'm good. You know what I mean? Like it, that's kind of weird to me. Like you can technically score a touchdown if you're actually like running near out of bounds and you dive and break the airspace and you land out of bounds as long as you broke the airspace. But in this case, you have to get two feet in. Just kind of weird. It's definitely uh, one of those things that like kind of you know breaks your brain a little bit. Um, Dennis says, number one seed, Filthy, is coming back to us. Go Packers. That's all I have to say. John says, Kellen won't need to stop running reverses. RJ, it does not fool anybody. It's hard to watch. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go Cowboys. I'm totally fine with that. Totally fine with that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Paul says, until week two and three ended, we were questioning the kicker, O-line depth, wide receiver depth, and we were hoping to go 500 with Cooper Rush. I think all of those questions answered themselves. Very, very, very much agreed. Um, all those things have really stabilized. Okay, stock ups. Let's kind of get back on track here. We went through Dak, went through Zeke, went through Tony Pollard, went through CeeDee Lamb, went through the tight ends. Micah Parsons, what can we say? He's amazing. I mean, I feel like this is, you know, just redundant at this point. Micah, 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 another two-sack game. He is unstoppable. He is a freak. He is the fastest kid alive. Stock up Donovan Wilson. I don't think we've given Dono enough credit. Um, Donovan Wilson has been awesome. Should have had an interception, um, if not for the penalty against Trayvon Diggs, another penalty. Man alive, Donovan Wilson. This Cowboy safety room is just amazing. Just really, 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 really amazing. Um, a lot of you are offering, uh, let's see, Paul says Hendershot. We gave Hendershot. He had to split it uh, with the tight ends. The tight end room got a, uh, a stock up. But Demarcus Lawrence certainly gets one himself. Gutted this out all week long. It was has the flu. The flu's going around. The flu, flu, flu. This was his flu game. Jake Ferguson had the Air Jordan moment. Um, but Demarcus Lawrence had the Air Jordan game by playing the flu game. Um, so kudos to him. Caleb Swanson says Gallup. He's starting to get back to who he was prior to the injury. Really loves seeing those tough catches and just being physical out there. Caleb, you say it. I do it. Stock up, Michael Gallup. I totally agree. Let's see. Uh, somebody said. Uh, Ed said, check Micah's tweet. Um, looking for it now at this moment. Um, I haven't seen anything about this. I'm looking for it. If somebody, oh, here we go. Um, Micah quoted, or Micah just tweeted, heard he was the best, exclamation point, exclamation point. I stayed on his side all game. Is that the, is that the tweet that we're supposed to be looking at? The one, is that the, the main one? Um, I'm looking to see here if Micah has a second tweet. Not that this was a good one. Um, let's see here. No, that's it. So Micah feeling himself good for him. He deserves to, uh, wonderful game for Micah Parsons. Um, he's amazing. Micah is amazing. Stock up final one for me, the coaching staff. We kind of covered this, um, in, um, in, 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 in how the Cowboys have, have recovered from everything that they've been dealt this season. And I just, i I, I, it's it's okay and it's possible to give them all credit. A lot of people want to sit here and say, well, Dan Quinn does all of this. Kellen, look, Kellen Moore had a rough go early on. But, man, I mean, this is a really, really, really good coaching staff. And this might be the year uh, that the Cowboys finally lose one of their coordinators. And I know a lot of people are like, good, I hope Kellen Moore leaves, whatever. And, and we'll see what the openings even are across the NFL. Um, but I, I don't want to take away from Dan Quinn or, or Kellen Moore, but I, I do think it's important – to give Mike McCarthy his his flowers. This is, by the way, this is Mike McCarthy's first win on Thanksgiving as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Now, the first one he didn't have Dak Prescott for, so that's you know kind of let's give him 
Let's give him some some slack there. Not exactly an easy thing, um, but huge, huge, huge win. And again, something that I think is important. That I, and we we talked about this. I say all week long. It's barely Thursday, right? Like the the week flies by so quickly when you play on Thursday night um, or Thursday afternoon. And this is a, a Cowboys team that was you know, winless on Thanksgiving under Mike McCarthy, granted just two games on without Dak Prescott. They had lost seven of their last 10 Thanksgiving Day games. They had lost three Thanksgiving Day games in a row. The last time the Cowboys won on Thanksgiving Day was in 2018 when Amari Cooper was like just brand new with the team. They had not won on Thanksgiving Day in four years. I mean, and so this this was this was one of those things, right? This was kind of like like lurking in the back. I'm like, well, can you do it? Can you, you know, the, the Cowboys? And I'm sure you all saw the tweets, maybe tweeted it yourself, like, oh, same old Cowboys. We can't trust you. Of course, of course, you're going to come down. Of course, you're going to disappoint everyone. Of course, this is going to happen the week after you destroy the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, of course, of course, of course. No more, of course. Nothing like that. Those things don't happen with this staff. This staff is different. This staff is above that. This staff can survive those sort of things. And I don't mean to sit here and bag on Jason Garrett, but that's the difference is is the previous regime crumbled when these big time moments to deliver showed up. I know that the Cowboys didn't win in the playoffs last year, but it seems like that has really inspired them. It seems like that has really shown them or taught them how to dig in and fight through these tough moments. They are eight and three. What? That's impossible once again. So they deserve a lot of credit in my eyes. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. Um, Watsamata, uh, thank you for the super chat. Says, tell our friend Brandon Gowden we are coming. Brandon Gowden, in case anybody is unaware, is my co-host on the NFC East Mixtape. You can watch that show here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel or listen here on the Blog on the Boys podcast network every Wednesday. Um, he is, um, I, I hope Brandon had a happy Thanksgiving. I'll just leave it um, at that. Uh, Damon Davis, uh, these are turkey emojis for the entire organization. At least the Joneses has been trying, even if it's not a splash free agent hire. They have. I mean, Jonathan Hankins was inactive today, but they did trade for him, right? That's they're they're talking about signing Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so yeah, I mean, good for him. Alex Storm says, Can we just acknowledge Dak is a much better quarterback when he doesn't change every play at the line? This is coming from a Dak fan. Now I understand that you are saying you're a Dak fan, Alex. And I agree with you, certainly in part, but um, the awesome Dak breed option to Zeke, that was Dak at the line of scrimmage. And by the way, Greg Olson is so good at this. Greg Olson does not get enough credit. He is one of the best color analysts in the game. Kevin Burkhart's awesome. This Burkhart, Olson, Aaron Andrews, Tom Rinaldi crew is so good. I think they're underrated as well. I think because people don't like change, but that was Dak and that was a big time first down. So, you know, there's it's it's not a hundred percent one thing. It's not a hundred percent good. It's not a hundred percent bad. Um, so um, so yeah, good for Dak. Caleb says I'd give Damone Clark a small bump in stock for this game. Seeing him healthy and taking meaningful snaps and being effective with them is great to see. He might be the steal of the draft. You know what? I've eaten some crow on this and and put more on my plate because. I did not think he would play. I th- I thought, you know, the way that people said, of course, same old thing that we just talked about, I thought that was another typical Cowboys thing. And I thought they were going to pump us up and say, oh, you know what? He's going to play. Like, it might happen. Don't worry. You know, it's not going to be a red shirt. I thought all of that was just the same old smoke coming from the front office. They deserve credit. They believed in Damone Clark. They got an incredible value, obviously, for taking him in the fifth round. And they have proven to be 
right, right? Like, I'm, and this isn't a knock on Jabril Cox, but is Damone Clark not kind of more trustworthy than Jabril Cox at this point in time? Imagine if I had told you the night of the, uh, or, or the day of, of, you know, the, the final day of the draft, if I had told you by Thanksgiving, Damone Clark is going to be a more valuable linebacker to this team than Jabril Cox. We would have thought that was crazy. We would like because it, it would have been crazy. It, it was ridiculous. It, it was again, it was one of those things that was impossible. Um, so I just, you know, I oh, the Reaper has a great point. Says we don't know. I've never seen uh, Cox play. That's true. Uh, Wayne Kelly says Greg Olson is the truth as an analyst. I love listening to him call games. He's awesome. I, I don't think he gets enough credit. He really, really, really is amazing. Wayne Kelly adds that Greg Olson is fire. So well done. Um, let's see here. Other things that I wanted to talk about just before we kind of wrap up. I know I'm sure you all have places to be, your family to see, your Zoom calls to do, or something like that. Um, this was an impressive tale of two halves, like we talked about. The Cowboys struggled early on, but they came back. That halftime was good for them a little bit. I don't know if anybody knows this, but it is a little bit of a longer halftime of the Thanksgiving day game because of the performance. I don't know. We didn't give any stock to the Jonas brothers. So if, if you're mad about that, my apologies. Um, But it, it it did seem like a a different team, a different team came out at halftime and they deserve credit for, for the, for making the proper adjustments and for digging in and getting a win. And now they get to relax for a week and a half. And that is such a big thing. The Minnesota Vikings are playing right now, but they will play again. Uh, one more time before the Cowboys play. So we will get to see them once more time. We will get to see the Eagles play two games before the Cowboys play again. And if they lose one of them, then we know that the Cowboys control their own destiny. Um, and, and to that point, the Cowboys just went undefeated. I, I, we did videos about this. We talked about this on the show, um, you know, both here on the podcast or on the podcast network and the YouTube channel. This was the most important five-day stretch of the season for the Cowboys. I'm guilty of making a big deal of the Packers game myself, uh, but it was very clear and obvious in the aftermath of that. It's unfortunate that the team lost, but it was very clear that it was not as important to them as it was to us. We're the ones who carry the emotional baggage and the emotional scar tissue from Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, all that sort of stuff. But it's very clear that that had nothing to do with this team. They were prepped for the Minnesota Vikings game. They referred to that as a playoff game. And in case you do not know, in case you're somehow unaware still, the fact that the Cowboys just won these two games isn't just two feathers in their hat. They now own the tiebreaker over the Minnesota Vikings for the number one seed in the conference, if it comes down to that. And they now are only one game away, getting one piece of help away from controlling their own destiny against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Cowboys, because the Eagles lost specifically within the division to the Washington Commanders, this was such a huge win. The Cowboys have six games left, and four of them are against the AFC South. And I think we all agree that that is the worst division in the NFL now. Uh, oh, we've got an interception by New England. Are we taking this back to the house? They're at the 30. They're at the 25. They're at the 20. Uh, an interception by the New England Patriots has taken them all the way to the Minnesota 26-yard line, I think. Um, so the game is tied at seven. Shout out to Kirk Cousins for helping us out. Love you, Kirk. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Vance was the first one to get it here in the chat. Um, Pick by New England. Uh, man, they were driving. This ball was intercepted, by the way, at the New England 26 itself. So they kind of went almost like 26 to 26. So the Vikings were about to be in scoring position. Awesome. Well done. Great job. Seriously, though. Getting these two wins, these were the two most important wins because of who the Vikings and Giants are relative to standings within the division and within the conference as a whole. The fact that the Cowboys now got them means they can take a deep breath 
and figure things out. I saw Kevin said a moment ago, I've lost the comment now, but um, that the next three games for the Cowboys are trap games. I mentioned that four of the next six for the Cowboys are against the AFC South. Their next three games in a row are all against the AFC South. The Cowboys will host the Indianapolis Colts next week on Sunday Night Football. That's December 4th, so it's not this week, obviously. After that, the Cowboys will host the Houston Texans, who are the worst team in the NFL. And after that, the Cowboys will travel to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were on by last week. We'll see what they look like, blah, blah, blah. But still, they're not a good team. It's very, 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 very possible that the Cowboys get to 11-3 and before they host the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve. We're all obviously um, excited about that idea terrence payton says primetime cousins yeah tough scene seriously tough moment um for for look i like kirk cousins as a football player i think that kirk is a little bit underrated i hate that honestly uh for kirk that that people kind of lean on that trope but i not attacking you guys but i think it's a little bit lazy um because he's a good quarterback but i mean it is kind of funny um how this continues to happen um there was a comment uh logical fences i don't want to play in duval to be honest just so everybody's clear This is the Cowboys' first trip to Jacksonville since 2006. I don't know if anybody knew that, but the last time the Cowboys visited the Jaguars was 2014, and that game actually happened in London. Uh, So it has been a very, very long time, 16 years, since the Cowboys were down in Jacksonville, Florida. Bobby Ellis says, do the Titans scare y'all? Yeah, I think so. I think you you got to be appropriately scared of the Titans. They're a good team. Um, I'm, you know, um, I'm not you know, above saying that Vance says that I miss a super chat by chance. Vance, did you send a super chat? If you did, I'm looking for it. Uh, here we go. Thank you. I'm sorry. Another stock up Jalen Smith's future WWE career. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, again, I wish Jalen, I think we all do health, wealth, and happiness. Jalen is a wonderful human being. Um, and, and somebody who off the field does such incredible work. And, and I think we're all fans of Jalen Smith, the person, um, it, it had to come to an end when it did in terms of his football career with the Cowboys. I wish him nothing but the best, honestly, but that was a, a really funny moment. Uh, Dak Prescott just spoke um, and was asked about Jerry Jones saying that he, that Jerry, had spoken to Odell Beckham Jr. Dak's quote according uh, uh, from ESPN's Ed Werder. Oh, I've lost this. Goodness gracious. Come back here. He's not stopping. That's a good thing. Prescott says he might send another text message or two and wants Beckham to sign with the Cowboys, but the quarterback of an 8-3 and team intends to enjoy some downtime. We're getting text messages, people. Man, you think think Dak and OBJ are are playing some of the iPhone games? Like they're playing some iPhone pool or something like that? Are they they hearting the messages? Are they applying the thumbs up? Are they, you know, what's going on here? We have to know. Um, So Dak Dak asked, he said he talked to him today. Dak asked uh, the local media. Um, So Dak kind of surprised. This has been really fun. Um, you know, if, if this was happening and the Cowboys were like, I don't know, six and five, I think we'd be really annoyed, right? Like, I, I think we'd be like, shut up. We don't care about Oda Beckham Jr. And I think we should acknowledge that, but this is, is really fun. This is a really fun run. It's a really, really, really fun time of year. The Reaper says, man, why are we acting so desperate? I don't think it's desperate. I really don't. I think it's just fun. I think they're enjoying it. Like they're an eight, they, they offer him a lot. I mean, it's it's fun. They're something we have to acknowledge, the Reaper. They are the Dallas Cowboys. Like that, they're, they're gonna be stories. They're, they are gonna be the story. That is who they are. They cannot fight that. So um it's um it's just part of part of uh part of things. Uh let's see here. Um I don't know. Some of you are saying that we have a Giants fan or an Eagles fan in the chat. 
Um, not sure how that happened, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Cowboys just swept the Giants. Like I said, Dak Prescott has not lost a game to them in six years. He um, he owns them um, in in total and every in every in every sense of the word. Dak Prescott owns them. Um, by the way, while we're here, while we're talking, while while we're just spitting facts, it is important to say this: that the Dallas Cowboys just beat the New York Giants on Thanksgiving Day, and the last time that they did that. They won the Super Bowl. Yep. Cowboys just beat the Giants on Thanksgiving Day. And the last time the Cowboys beat the Giants on Thanksgiving Day, the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. It's just a fact. It's just a 100% cold, hard, concrete fact. That's it. That's all. It's just I'm just here to, to talk about things that are factual. Um, Watsamata, thank you for the Super Chat, says, sidebar, when Kobe Dean was falling in the draft, I hate it that we didn't go up to get him. He went late in the third. Never mind, Damone Clark is better. Stock up, Will McClay. I agree with you. And, I mean, we're here to talk about the game itself, but you're totally right. And, I look, we all felt that way. Like, I, I know you're not saying you felt silly for this, Watsamata, but, like, pe- people act like that. Right? Like, people will say, well, you wanted Damone Clark, or, sorry, you wanted N'Kobe Dean. How silly do you feel? I don't feel silly at all. It made 100% sense to want N'Kobe Dean in that moment. But the Cowboys deserve credit for seeing and knowing and understanding something that we didn't. So give them their flowers. Give Will McClay his flowers. Good for him. Alex Storm says, gotta love how insecure Eagle fans are. So scared they have to troll the opposing team's fans after they win. I do think there's some insecurity going on here. I think the Eagles think that, or their fans, some of their fans, not all, some Eagles fans think that the division, that the number one seed is awarded the week of Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, yes, the Eagles have the better record. Yes, the Eagles are in first place in the NFC East. Yes, the Eagles have the best record in the NFL right now. But do you does anybody realize how much time is left in, in the season? I mean, the Cowboys just played their 11th game. There are six games left, almost half. I mean, not quite half, but two-thirds of what they've played. There is a lot of football left. I actually um, talked about this on um, on Friday. Oh, well, actually, this hasn't come out yet. Uh, I'm so lost on days. Um, the aforementioned Brandon Gowden and the aforementioned Rob Stats Guerrero. One of the shows I do um, is called The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. And what we do is we look ahead to the week's worth of games. So we drop that show every Friday, but because of the holiday, we recorded on Wednesday. So if you are curious and you want to listen, uh, that episode will drop tomorrow. But we did not talk about the Thanksgiving Day games, obviously. But my lock of the week, because we all pick one on that show, was the Green Bay Packers this week. And I locked them up as seven-point underdogs, so I am getting seven points. But I'm going to share all of this with you all since I brought it up on that show. While we're talking about the Eagles and their insecurity, whatever, um, these are five teams that I think are, are similar to the Eagles and that they were the last undefeated teams on those seasons. Last year, the Arizona Cardinals got to 7-0. and The Eagles got to 8-0 this year. The Arizona Cardinals finished 4-6, and their final uh, 10 games, obviously. The 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers, who a lot of people compared to this year's Eagles team to, I don't think that's fair. They got to 11-0, and and they finished 1-4. and The 2019 season had two teams get to 8-0, just like the Eagles did. Uh, the 49ers finished 5-3 and and went on to lose the Super Bowl, obviously. Meanwhile, the 2019 Patriots, the team we're rooting for tonight, they started 8-0 and finished 4-4. and The 2018 Rams got to 8-0. That was the season that they played that incredible Monday night game against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and they finished 5-3. and so my point is, generally speaking, and, and it's just history, it's just looking at, at a handful of teams and, and how things are somewhat similar, but generally speaking, the team who was last to suffer a loss 
doesn't suffer a loss and 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 recover and become this amazing team again. Generally speaking, that is the beginning of some sort of fall. Generally speaking, they finish 500 to a little bit above 500. So if you're talking about an Eagles team, if they were to follow that that precedent of sorts, they would finish the season somewhere around 12 and 5, 13 and 4, whatever the case may be. Um, so I think that's important context is all. I mean, the Eagles are going to lose another game. The Cowboys are probably going to lose another game. That's just the way all this goes. But the Cowboys are giving themselves all the more room for error. They are keeping that gap between them and the Eagles the same size. They are not letting it widen. They're trying to get as close as possible. And if the Eagles lose just one more game, like we said, the Cowboys will control their own destiny uh, with regards to the NFC East title, which is a lot of fun uh, to think about. Look, this was an awesome day. Uh, J. Ron Curse just tweeted, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And I, um, I do this a lot, but as it's Thanksgiving and as we kind of wrap up here, I am so thankful for all of you, for everyone who watches any of our videos, who listens to any of our podcasts, who reads any of our articles, who follows us on social media, um, who, who just in, includes blogging the boys as a part of their Dallas Cowboys fandom. We are just a bunch of people who love the Dallas Cowboys, who want to talk about them. We have created some platforms to do that, um, and we're honored and, and, and really just so touched that you choose to make us a part of your experience. Um, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I would have loved to have had a place like this to talk with the Dallas Cowboys fans. I used to have to kind of just keep those thoughts to myself and, and just, you know, the, the world has changed so much that it's so cool uh, to hop on here right after the Cowboys win this awesome game on Thanksgiving of all days. Uh, and to come share it with a lot of people. And so uh, my heart is so full. I, I have had a very happy Thanksgiving, and I really hope you have too. I hope the Cowboys win made it all the better for you. I wish all of you and your families and your friends health, wealth, happiness. I mean, everything, everything, um, everything under the sun for you all. Um, it's been such a fun season so far. I'm really excited to see what's yet to come. Um, like I said, we still have six games remaining on the regular season and then whatever the playoffs offer. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. And again, I want to thank all of you on behalf of my wife and I uh, for sending our son happy birthday wishes. Um, not, not to get too deep into the weeds here, but our son was born a little bit early and spent the first two months of his life in the NICU. And uh, that was tough. That was a really tough thing to go through um, and, and to leave him so many days, especially on holidays. Um, it, it was a really hard thing to go through. And, and my wife is, is amazing and, and helped us get through all of that. And so to, to have him here, to have his first birthday as the Cowboys get this win, um, it's just an incredible day. It's an incredible moment. It's an incredible time to be alive. And uh, I love all of you. So um, tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday, not Monday. It is Victory Polo Monday on a Friday. We'll have two new shows for you on the Blog and the Voice podcast network. We'll have some videos coming out as well on the YouTube channel. We'll be all over social media. Uh, we'll have lots of articles coming out at blogandtheboys.com. It doesn't stop. It's a holiday weekend. I hope you get whatever you want on sale. And I hope you enjoy your time, whoever you're spending it with. And um, I hope you're safe and I hope you're well fed. And um, I hope uh, I hope the Cowboys don't lose another game. I hope the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. So my name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa on TikTok, RJ.Ochoa. You can send me an email, RJ.Ochoa.SBNation.com, or you can leave a comment here. We'll try to get to those also. But for now, uh, thank you, Paul, for the Super Chats. It's happy Thanksgiving and happy birthday, RJ Jr., for now, I love, L-O-V-E, all of you. Have a very happy Thanksgiving, and uh, can't wait to see you next time.